Well, we have a brand new evangelist with us. Now, um, a dear pastor friend of mine, he and I were talking, and he said, I have an evangelist that you've got to have. And I said, okay. What's his name? I got his name. I got his number. And we have Brother Blaine Muse with us here today. I'm glad that the Holy Ghost has been moving because I got, I got a feeling he's starting to feel right at home here today. Would you put your hands together under the Lord for the man of God as he comes in Jesus' name. God bless you, Brother Muse. Come on, why don't we clap our hands to Jesus all over this house right now. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. Hallelujah. So good to be in Spokane, Washington. And um, y'all are a big deal compared to Louisiana. And um, we just now got a Dollar General. So... It's so good to be here, and um, that's no joke. We actually did just get a Dollar General, <laughs> but uh, I give honor today to Pastor Mayo and Sister Mayo for their kindness, trusting me and the word of others to have me stand in this pulpit give honor to this church today for your faithfulness. You can tell by the way you worship. You can tell by the way that you conduct yourselves, every usher, every cadet. It's all done with excellence. And this place serves this city with a spirit of excellence. And um, it's it's awesome. I, I told Brother Marks on the way here um, today, I said, look, I said, I'm going to, you've done me so well taking me to eat, picking me up. I said, I'm, I'm going to put in a good word for you. Maybe you'll get a promotion. I don't know. And, uh, but everything is perfect. The basket, I can't pack all that home. <laughs> and um, I'm trying my best to eat it. I really am. <laughs> and uh, I, I told Brother Marks, I said, if I come through the airport with that, I'm going to look like the Red Cross packing all that food through the airport. And, um, Thank you so much for the room, for, for everything. I'm, I'm honored to be here. I give honor to my family, my wife, my two boys. They are my world. And um, I, I, I depend on them more than she knows. I leaned over and told your pastor during offering time, I said, I'm sorry. I said, if you'll give me a kiosk after church, I'll pay my offering because my wife is my offering giver, and she takes care of the money. Anybody, any other husband, say amen. And um, so I, I'm just grateful to be here. I feel like God wants to do something in this place today. I want to go to Genesis chapter 3. 
in verse number one, Genesis chapter three, verse number one. What beautiful singing, playing, and anointed. Genesis chapter three and verse number one. The Bible says, now the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? I find it so strong that after they blew it, we're still in Genesis, folks. We're three chapters in. He just created the stars, the heavens, the earth. He's done all of this stuff and created two people. And he says, don't eat of this. And being human, they ate of it. If anybody blew it, Adam and Eve blew it. But at the end of the day, I'm so thankful. That after failure, after everything was messed up, all of a sudden the voice of God. Brother Mayo, you can't tell me he couldn't have created two more people. instead of destroying brother I, I know we can preach about the bad stuff but I want to turn that around for a minute if he would have been done with them he would have destroyed them but instead God looked at a mess and he said you know what I can still make something happen in the middle of the mess in the middle of the 
I came to preach to somebody right now. I don't know what kind of life you have or what you've been through or who you are or what you've been going through, but there's a God that's calling for you. There's a God that's reaching for you. I know it's bad. I know it's messed up, but God will not turn you away. You don't like mercy, you're dismissed. Because this is going to bore you down today. If you don't like restoration, I appreciate you being here, but I, I can't help you no more. But if there's anybody here that has ever felt mercy, if there's anybody here that needed judgment in their life, but yet the voice of God came calling and said, Blaine, I can still work with that. Blaine, where you at? you be seated and I'll say this. My relationship status with God does not determine my success. Because even through failure, he still came looking for him. What do you say today? As long as you keep communicating with God, he'll never walk away from you. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It was some time ago that I was driving down the road in, in Louisiana. I was on an interstate there, and as we traveled, evangelizing Pastor Mayo eventually, you aggravate your wife enough that she stops talking to you. And then I start, is that, can I come down here? Eventually, you agitize your kids enough, and they stop talking to you too. And so when you're like me and you can't be still, driving is really a big deal. When you're traveling to California, pulling a 46-foot fifth wheel, it gets boring sometimes down that interstate. And I, I was driving through the bottom of Louisiana there, and it was one of them situations where my family had, they loved me, but they had tuned me out. And so I began to look at billboards and scan and see things and there is a billboard in Louisiana of an injury attorney, and it is Morris Bart. He is, I guess you would say, one of the biggest injury firms in the Louisiana, Arkansas, East Texas, and Mississippi area in that, in that area. The corridors of I-20 and I-10 are, are covered in billboards of this injury attorney. His slogan is very simple. It only says one thing in many, many areas. One call, that's all. It's, it's in this that you can go for miles into cities. You can drive, and it's the same billboard. Since I was a kid, some of these young men's age, little men, not older men, little men, 
it's these kids' age that I remember this billboard, Pastor, that it's always been there. One call, that's all. I seen a new one the other day he just put out, and now he says this, you know who to call. And so, and I don't know what kind of Photoshop this guy uses, but he ain't aged since I was a kid. I got to keep up with him as, as I get older, you know. And so, in this, I you got to realize where I'm from and where I live. We have roads called dummy line that we don't even have a center stripe down them. We have roads that go from blacktop to gravel, and then they might go to mud before it's over with. Cell phone reception can become very sketchy. Yeah, some of these roads, if, if you go down them, you're either lost or you're up to no good or you're kin to somebody at the end. You just don't go down these roads. You're not going to go sightseeing. It's, it's a dead end down there. You're not going to pass through. So I, I realized something in this that this injury attorney has never put a billboard on dummy line. Estimated this man has somewhere in the state of Louisiana alone 150 billboards in one state. He has an estimated budget of over $25,000 a year in advertisement. It's in this that as you travel, though, I realize that these billboards become in places and they're in, in, in situation areas where it's not a road with no stripe, but yet it's six lanes of traffic. And there's turnabouts, and there's roundabouts, and there's interchanges, and there's exits, and there's all these different ways you can go. And, and, and you're going 75 miles per hour, and there's big trucks going here and there. There's this one going there, and the GPS. It's all kind of ways in these situations uh, when these billboards begin to appear that it's real easy to have a wreck. Granted, the GPS is telling you go left. Your wife's telling you go right. You're going 70. Now, that's a lot of things moving and happening in these moments. Google, Dr. Google, Reverend Google will tell you that, that Morris Bart has actually positioned these billboards three miles apart. And his slogan to it is this. He said, I want them to know if they come by this billboard and they wreck two miles down the road, it's a real good chance they're going to be in front of another billboard in these congested areas. What are you saying today is every one of us is on a road called life. Every one of us, whether we admit it or not, are going different speeds and different directions. Every one of us has a different idea of the way we're supposed to go. Every one of us has this one telling us to go that way and that one telling us to go this way. It's confusion. It's hectic. Everybody's whizzing at different speeds. And if you're not careful, it's real easy in your life to have a wreck. It's real easy to find yourself bumping into your brother and bumping into your sister and bumping it. 
Come on, somebody, I came to preach to you today. It don't matter what happened in your life or where you may erect or what may have occurred, but at the end of the day, every time you walk in this place, there's a billboard staring back at you. There's a God looking down at you and saying, one call, that's all. One call, that's all. What do you say today? Is he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you, but he'll go with you all the way. Come on, you are to clap your hands right now. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice that had to make the call? Is there anybody that can stand to your feet and say, I remember when I was addicted. I remember when I was pounded. I remember when I was a... Can I preach to you today? He'll represent you. He'll go before you. He'll fight for you. Send this. You gotta understand. I, I clicked on his page one day. And had this deal that said, if I can get a little more monitor, brother, don't blow them out, but you can blow me out. I'll split my check, I promise. But it's in this. That you can click on free testimonials. And it'll say things. I seen one. I clicked on this little video link. It was a click tab, and it was a lady standing there. She began to say, as soon as it went to play, Pastor Mayo, Mars Bart won me a million dollars. I have no problem with injury attorneys. I've used them myself. The next one, Mars Bart won me 500000 or 600000 my second thought as an evangelist, Pastor Mayo, was, my God, have they paid their tithes. And so, what are you saying today, preacher? Is what you're looking at today, I didn't come to put on for you. I didn't come to impress you. What I came is to let you know that I can be a testimony in your life. Is it don't matter how bad it gets. It don't matter, your pastor, it don't matter if your families give up on you, if your co-workers give up on you, if your mom and daddies give up on you. It really don't matter to God because once you make that call, he's willing to come down and save you and represent. Come on, I'm preaching to some people today. You're waiting on God to destroy you. He's not going to destroy you. He's wanting to make a testimony out of you that you can stand and say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Is there anybody today that can clap your hands and say, thank God for mercy. Thank God for grace. Thank God he gave me. Somewhere around July 2019, I was working in Gonzales, Louisiana. I was the inspector for pipeline projects. My project manager had called me to another location, Slidua, Louisiana. I had a fifth wheel trailer in Gonzales. 
I had to be in Slidell the next morning. There was no way I could be two places at one time. So I called my dad, which is what kids do, especially boys, and we can't fix it. And I said, Dad, I said, I need you to come to Gonzales and pick up my camper. I need you to bring it home, and I've got to be in Slidell and go through the list. And I told him, Pastor Man, I said, use my brother's truck to do it. The Bible says take it by force. Come on, y'all got to relax. It's going to be a long service. <laughs> and I called my brother on the phone. And I said, hey, Dad's coming to get your truck. And I hung up. My dad comes down with my mom, and they pick up this fifth wheel. They head back home. It was around 10.30 that night. I was laying in bed, and my phone began to ring. I answered the phone. It was my dad. My dad tells me, he said, son, we just wrecked. Any accident with a 44-foot rig and an L-250 truck is not good. And I, I remember telling him, I said, Dad, there's no way you've wrecked. You've never wrecked. And I, I began to hear my mom on the other end of the phone. She began to scream. She said, son, it's bad. I can't feel nothing. I can't see nothing. We've got to have help right now. My dad began to tell me, he said, son, he said, the air conditioner to the living room of that camper is laying on the, my shoulder. Jumped in my vehicle, took off to where they was. Took about me about two hours to get to them. When I got to where they was, and it took them close to an hour and a half, somewhere in there to cut the truck open, get them out due to the way the camper had, had spun and landed on the side of them when they hit a tree in the ditch. Somewhere in the middle, driving on that highway, that when he topped that hill somewhere, a road he was very familiar on, that some way when he topped that hill, he thought the road went right and it was going left. And realizing the mistake that he had made, he jerked that wheel to correct causing this thing to hydroplane and go back into the ditch and this trailer to end up on top of them. When I got there and I stood there, I began to talk to the state trooper. He was there. He, he shared with me. He said, Blaine, he said, uh, nobody else called 911. Just your dad. To this day, really, my dad won't talk to you much about it because nobody likes to wreck. When you really wreck, you ain't going to get on social media and share it. Wrecks embarrass you because it hurts your pride that you thought you was 
and you thought it was the right direction. And you thought it was the right way. But yet somewhere in the middle of all this, let me help a young person right now. The crowd you're running with, when you wreck, they'll keep running and you'll be in the ditch. I come to preach to somebody on the sound of my voice. I refuse to run with the crowd. Just ask the prodigal. When the money was gone, he was all by himself. What are you saying? Is you better stay in the Father's house. You better stay with your path. Don't get caught up in the crowd. Don't get in the fast lane. You'll wreck and they'll leave you there. This is the best place to be. This is the best place for you to be. Somewhere in the middle of all this, after the airbags had stopped and after the dust and, and everything had settled, my dad had to realize if I'm going to get out of this, i got to let somebody know that I made a mistake. What do you say today? It's sooner or later, you got to get over yourself and get over your pride and get over your arrogance and say, I don't care who sees me. I don't care what anybody says. I'm finding an altar. I'm finding a place to call out to God. Come on, I'm preaching to a daddy today. Your family is depending on your call. Your kids is depending upon your call. Preacher, it wasn't my fault. But you're the one hurt. Statistics tell you that 95% of the accidents that happen on that interstate the ones that walk away injured was the innocent party. It wasn't your fault, but it's still your problem. I'm sorry, this is my first time here. I'd love to shout, but I don't. I know it wasn't your fault, but you're the one bitter. I know it wasn't your fault, but you're the one not worshiping anymore. Come on, I come to stir somebody up today. you got to get over yourself. If I live with them down here, I'm not going to hell with them too. I'm going to heaven on streets of gold, walls of jack. Come on, somebody. There's nobody worth going to hell over. There's no family member. There's no there's no other young person. There's no girlfriend or boyfriend worth going to hell over. I'm living for God. I'm living for God. They got my mom. If you come with a notepad and pencil, you can put it up. I'm not that type of preacher, okay? Once they got my mom into the ER, and they began to go through all the specifics and the details. They, they tied her legs down. And they arranged some restraints not to keep her bound, but to keep her hands from moving. And kept a neck brace on her, Pastor. They kept coming in. They'd tap her on the toes. 
due to wearing her seatbelt when they contacted that tree. And literally this camper trailer shoved through the whole truck, pancaked it to the rear headrest of the driver and passenger seat. It caused her seat to go forward. A tree had come in. Her door was tore off. The only thing her body could do was go down, causing her spinal cord to crush the base of her spine into a nerve pocket. If you're in the medical field, you know this. I'm just telling you from recollection of memory to preach this. It was at the nerve pocket at the base of her spine that's her spinal cord crushed and fragmented. They told her, they said, Miss Muse, whatever you do, it's going to get better, bro. Don't leave. It was somewhere in this that they said, Miss Muse, you got to realize you can't move. Because in this nerve pocket, if you twist or roll over somehow, they said one of them fragments can move. And you can become paralyzed. So please, Miss Muse, whatever you do, don't get up. What are you saying? Where does that have to go with this preacher? Because I feel so strong in the Holy Ghost. I don't know any of you. I shook your pastor's hand when I walked on the platform. Never spoke to him in my life other than on the phone one time. There's people under the sound of my voice. There's fragments of failure. There's fragments of some mistake and something has happened. You look good. You got your dance down. Everything looks okay. But really, if we dig it out, there's fragments of situations and disappointments and failures. And all of a sudden, Pastor, I don't feel it no more. I'm worshiping, but I don't feel nothing. I, I don't pray. I understand. If you peel it back, the first service somebody backslides, not when it happened. The first service, they don't show up no more. That ain't when it happened. Normally, if you peel it back, it's a year to two years sometimes before you find out really what took place that caused them. Because it's human nature that I'm okay. I can still do this. I can still worship. I, I can still. And eventually you get to the place. You're paralyzed in your spirit and in your work. And no longer can you feel the preaching. I'm preaching to somebody right now under the sound of my voice. You're trying to tune me out because it's been so long. Said something stirred inside of you. I'm trying to help you today. You got to understand. You got to let God get in your heart and in your life and in your mind and begin to extract some things out of you. I know it was painful. I know recovery may be a while, but sooner or later, sooner or later, you got to dig it out and say, God, make me whole. God, I don't want to die lost. God. Well, there needs to be some more on your feet right now that'll stand up honestly and lift up your hands and say, God, I'm letting it go today. I'm 
come on, there's a revival for Spokane, but it'll be a lot better with testimonies of the grace of God and the mercy of God. Your greatest testimony is your life. You're not perfect, but we're restored. See, you know what it's like, 2010, 2013, I was a patrol deputy at my sheriff's department where I lived at. Three and a half years, I served full-time in that county. Another four or five years, I served part-time in different situations and things. Until finally God delivered me of it. But honestly... I'll never forget the moments and the nights that I sat inside that sheriff's office. That dispatcher's room was next door. It was right across the hall, Pastor Mayo. I'll never forget the nights just sitting there doing my thing. We was telling our jokes and having a good time. And all of a sudden, that 911 phone would begin to ring on the other side of that room. It was different than all the other phones. It rang different than all the other phones. You understood when that phone began to ring, everything else got silent. It was night after night. I would hear that phone as it would begin to ring. That lady would walk over to it. You understand? You didn't answer that phone and just say hello. You didn't answer that phone just expecting a little conversation and you would hang up. No, 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 no. When you would answer that phone, it was very specific. 911, what's your emergency? I can't tell you the nights I remember that I walked into that office and leaned in that door and began to hear the screams, Pastor, as it would come through that phone. Help, I've had a wreck. Help, somebody's trying to kill me. Help, I'm, I'm lost and I don't know where I'm at. Help, my baby's in trouble. What do you say today? It's time after time after time. I would hear that phone ring. I would hear that dispatcher come back across. She would say, it's okay. Help's on the way. I pinged your location. I know right where you are. What do you say today? It's heaven. It's not surprised when you call that line. Heaven's not surprised when you finally realize I need help. I need help. I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm hurt. I'm I come to preach to somebody today. It's time you make a call. It's time you make a call. Heaven is waiting on you. Every shift. It's nothing. Locally, statewide, ambulances, police officers, sheriff deputies, state police, wildlife fishermen, to have 60 men on shift at one time every 12 hours. But you know something, Pastor Mayo? If they never called 911, I had no idea they was in trouble. If you never talk to your pastor, you understand, there, there, there's such a thing as invasion of privacy. I don't know how many times I would walk up to people's door, pastor. 
because somebody else coughed. And that little voice opened that door up with a creak. Hey, officer, look at him. Pastor Mayo, with every resource available, can I help you? Somebody called. You know what they would? They would look. I remember so plain. I could put her face and her name right now to you. Her baby wrapped around her leg, the tears and the bruises and the cuts. She would say, It's okay. It's okay. I just fell down. You would hear the voice in the background. Who is that? And all you could do, Pastor, was stand there wanting to help. And that door closed as she walked back into the hell that she was in. I wonder how God feels. Sunday after Sunday and service after service. Then all of heaven looks down. And your pastor has preached to you and reached for you and begged for you and called you and tried to help. But yet another service you say, it's okay. I just fell down. I come to preach to somebody today. I, 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 ooh, I'm finna, you just gotta buckle down and ride with me right now. We're going somewhere, but it'll get better in a minute. Just right hear me out. I understand police brutality. I told you to get better. Just ride with me. I understand police brutality. I understand there's some men out there. that misuse the authority and the oath that they represent. But I also know for every one bad cop, there's probably five good ones. We're going to switch gears for a minute. I understand. This is where we don't like it. I understand there's some churches that will mistreat you. And whether we like to admit it or not, there's some men that will misuse the authority that they have. But I feel this in the Holy Ghost. This guy won't hurt you. This pastor won't hurt you. This church won't hurt. Come on, I come to preach to somebody. Just because one person hurts you, that don't mean you have to go to hell. You're in a place today with a man and with a first lady that I love you and restore you and help you and treat you right. I'm not in church because so-and-so hurt me. I backslid because so-and-so hurt me. You're making God real small uh, if one person uh, represents his mercy. If one. 
I feel this in the Holy Ghost today. Just because one evangelist may have said something wrong to you, don't mean this evangelist say something wrong to you. There's still some people that have stood on the mercy and the grace of God. I've been where you've been. I know where you're at. But you still got to trust the authority. You still got to trust your pastor. can't be saved without a preacher. I know what it's like. I know what it's like for family to give up on you. I know what it's like for your marriage to fall apart. I know what it's like. I've been there. I know what it's like to burn all your church clothes in the yard and say, I'm never going back again. I'm bearing myself to you because I'm needing you to bear yourself to God. Sooner or later, we got to trust our pastor. Why I'm here, but I'm here. I'm sorry. He, this ain't nothing extra for him. I feel this so strong in the Holy Ghost. You gotta trust the voice of leadership in your life, young person. You keep wrecking. You keep making mistakes. What voice are God's guiding you? What GPS are you listening to? If it don't line up with your pastor and it don't line up with the Word of God, you need to kick it out and get rid of it. your hands right now. I come to preach to some people today. It's time you make a call. It's time Bible says, Judges 16 and 28. If you can give me that verse, please, Judges 16. The Bible says that Samson cried unto the Lord and said, Oh, Lord God, remember me. Let me just help you real quick. That verse right there, is a direct acknowledgement to me that my anointing is not validation that I'm okay. Remember me. Wait a minute. He tore the gates down, packed them off. He operated under the anointing. But at the end of the day, you can tell the relationship had failed. You see, just because you feel the presence of God don't mean you're okay. Just because you sing and people shout don't mean you're okay. I'm going to say it till you get it. You can operate in this place and bust hell wide open. It's personal. I just watched a live feed last Sunday. 
of a man that stood in his pulpit and preached to his people. And by Wednesday, he committed suicide. You can operate in this place and be wrecked inside of you. Feel it so strong right now. There's people under the sound of my voice. You know what it's like to operate in the anointing and in the flow. You can run the aisles. You can shout. You can leap. But really on the inside, it's been so long since you called for him. It's been so long since you finally found a place and poured your heart out to God. You see, Delilah never lied to him. Tell me where your strength lies. If there was any point of that, that she would have looked at Samson and said, buddy boy, they're going to take you down. They're going to poke your eyes out and shave your head and destroy you. He would have bucked the system and killed all of them right there. But the devil knows how to play the game. All he wants to do is drain you slowly and slowly and slowly. One website after another website. One song after another song. One phone conversation after another phone conversation. And eventually you get to the place you're... I've come to help somebody. Please understand my burden today. I come to help you. There's still hope. There's still life. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 22 and 7, And I cried unto the Lord, and he heard my cry. Heaven is waiting on your voice. Heaven is waiting on your call. Come on. This church needs you. This pastor needs you. We don't need you hurt. We need you restored. Hurt people hurt people. But restored people help people. You got to get over your. Your biggest power is that God saved you. Your biggest power is that God delivered you. you got to get up over and make a call. Musicians, come help me, please. Young man, first row, second person, come here. Up here. My boy ain't here, so you can be my boy. (laughs) Understand, my boy was, we was leaving out. He was headed to preach in Indiana in 2021, January 2021, packing the rig up, getting everything ready. And my oldest little boy was... On a ATV. Pastor Mayo, he was playing in all these mud holes. And there was one mud hole that was, it was the best one. But it was about 10 foot from the fifth wheel. And I would tell him over and over and over and over because he knew how to do it. 
he'd come in there and slide it, you know, and spin that mud. I'd tell him, I said, Peyton, stay away from this mud hole. You're going to wreck. Did he listen? <laughs> no, he's my kid. You know, you know when your parents tell you, you're going to get a kid that acts just like you. It really does happen. That was prophetic. I'm just telling somebody that in the Holy Ghost. I was telling Brother Marks last night, we was eating. I said, how many kids? He said, one kid. I said, man, I said, yeah, God fooled me too. The first one was like this, just piece of cake. I mean, he slept all night. Just, oh, he was such an angel. His halo didn't even move. My second one, I wonder if sometimes he has a halo. I told him, I said, Stay away. It was sometime that evening. I was walking across the yard and I heard the worst sound of metal on metal that I had ever heard. Come around the front of the camper. Sure enough, the four wheeler ATV was. Underneath the back of the fifth wheel. At a weird angle, it was all positioned. Standing there, looking, my boy is standing to the side. And I, I don't know about any other daddies in here. But in the moment, I was thinking, I'm fixing to get him. That's a real good term for it's fixing a hurt. <laughs> and I started toward him. And the closer I got to him, I began to hear something. Daddy, I'm sorry. Daddy. No, you told me not to do it. I'm sorry, Daddy. And by the time I got to him, the only thing I could do was grab him. What are you saying? because what you create you're willing to restore can I just tell you as a daddy from my heart I don't care how many times he messes up I don't care how bad it gets as long as there's still breath in his body I'm going to fix it over and over and over and over again. You see, you wonder, you wonder why it seems like service after service, the 
that God reaches for people when they walk through the door. Even this morning, this preacher's preached to you. God's tugged on your heart yet again. What are you doing? What's going on? Because there's still breath in your body. I never, Pastor Mayo, I never seen a hearse in all the years of working as a law enforcement. I never seen a hearse pull up to a wreck that both parties were still living. You know what we did? We ran. And we began to check pulses. And as long as there was a pulse, you would get on that radio, send me an ambulance. Because as long as there's breath, there's hope. I come to preach to somebody today. As long as there's breath, there's hope. I know it's bad. I know it's been bad. I know it hurt. But you're still alive. That means God can still work on you. Suicide's not the answer. Come on, I came to preach to somebody today. Suicide is not the answer. Overdose is not the answer. Another drug is not the answer. But God, but Calvary is the answer. Stand with me all over this place. See, I, I wonder, I wonder sometimes what happens in heaven. You see, the Bible, the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices with one soul that repents. That's a message in the church itself. We put them on probation for a year, then we rejoice. The Bible says when they repent, heaven goes crazy. But then the Bible says that on that day the books will be open. We shall be judged according to our works, all this. But then it says our names, which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So something happens way before we get over yonder. So I, I wonder, and, and I believe altar service is so important from heaven's point of view. Because this is the, for Pentecost maybe, it should be everywhere, this is the most important part of our service is altar service. It shouldn't be the shortest part of our service. We'll spend two hours shouting down, and I love it. But then I've been to churches where there's 10 minutes of altar service or 15 minutes or 20 minutes, and all of a sudden people's packing purses and bags, and, and you're ready to go. No, we, that's the most important moment. We've done everything we've done for that moment. 
If we don't, it's just performance and a show. They can do that in the world. But altar service is where their lives are changed. So at some point of this, Pastor Mayo, come help me, please. We got to eat this. This, hold this for me. I believe in altar service in heaven. But all of a sudden he hears the musicians begin to play. And all of heaven stands up. You can make it however you want to do it, but I'm preaching right now, so let me make it like I want it. I believe all of heaven looks down at Spokane. Maybe God tells Gabriel, go get the book, Gabriel. It's altar service in Spokane. And he looks down and peers over that edge. heaven waits on the moment to see what you're going to do. And it's moments in heaven that they're watching. They said, is this the moment he finally gives up and turns his heart over to God? Is this the moment she finally repents? Is this the, is this the service that they finally make that call? Is this the service and all of heaven waits about it. Something happens, brother. I'm preaching to people in the sound of my voice today. Heaven is waiting on you. When he went to Calvary, he didn't go. So we only had one shot. against that in the name of Jesus. If you're a one and done guy, we're not going to get along. I don't care if it's your second, third, fourth, fifth time. Every time you fall down, you get back up. Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. For when I fall, come on, you ought to lift your hands right now and say, I'm getting back up again. I literally had somebody tell me this in an altar service. He looked at me and said, I don't know if I can live up to God again. I looked back at him. I said, good news. You don't have to live up to him. He lives up to you. You see, Calvary is for you. I don't care if you've been in church 50 years or one month or this is your first time here. Calvary is for you. Everybody under the sound of my voice, 
It's just sinners saved by grace. There's nothing good in me itself. I, I prayed that on the floor of that hotel room this morning. I got on my knees and tears rolling down my eyes. And I said, God, there's not one thing in me that's good except you. And so this morning in this service, I said, God, please let me represent you and not me. This service ain't about any of us. This service is about him. And when it becomes about him, you'll give him everything you have. You'll forget about your neighbor. You'll forget about the person beside you. And you'll reach out to him. I wonder right now, the presence of God, if you would close your eyes and begin to talk to him for just a minute. What causes wrecks? The top five answers for that I found is fatigue. Sometimes you can get tired. And you make the wrong judgment call. The second top one on that list is blind spots. I hope I'm okay, Pastor. Blind spots. Brother, you just didn't see it coming. I'm trying to hush, but I'm, I'm trying to reach for somebody with everything I have. Blind spots. I'm preaching to people in this place today. You was hit unexpectedly. You didn't even see it coming. You didn't even see it coming. But it just happened. And your world is reeling out of control. Blind spots. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I wonder right now if we all could make an attempt to come to this altar. I'm not trying to point anybody out. I never will. But I wonder right now if there's some people, they're going to sing and play. But I wonder if you would get out of your seat while everybody is moving. I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot. And you would move with this congregation and come to this front and kneel down at an altar or stand, whatever you feel comfortable with, and begin to pour your heart out to God. Come on. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the time that you make a call unto him. Come on, he's able to fix the mess that you're in. I don't care how many bad decisions. I don't care how many people have told you there's no hope or how many people overlook you today. There is a God that will never give up on you. He'll reach for you over and over and over again. Come on, if you're a preacher in this place, I ask you to help me right now. Find somebody and pray with them. Find somebody and minister to them. Be the body right now. Be the resource. Find somebody and pour love into them and hope into them. Come on.